Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. everybody welcome to light the fight this my name's Heidi <laughs> come on David David Heidi I gave you one chance to open you already like my, my name's Heidi <laughs> okay so first of all normally on the episodes I kick off I'm like hey what's up and I say a bunch of stupid stuff but I've got man hey, pain I right now it. I've I got man it. pain right now and that's like 10 times worse than woman pain because it's emotional oh, and physical oh jeez. And so I'm like, Heidi, could you just kick us off today? Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try one more time. Okay, take two. Uno Go. dos tres, something like that. That's usually what David will say. Something <laughs> like, see, I'm just never gonna be as cool as you, David. That's the problem. Uh, you know what? That's this true. is why. This I'm is why you get paid the. I'm just all, kidding. This is why you get paid all the big bucks. To like, have the teenagers think you're cool, and I'm the mom. It's so much easier to be the mom. Well, I mean, not in some ways. It's easier. You know, I just, I don't, I, I just can't even try. And I've been, and I have like, particularly the last couple of weeks, I have, I have been reminded of that even more intensely as my son has come home um, from, his, from serving his mission. And it feels like my house has become just much more infiltrated with young people that seem to make fun of me. For everything that I do. <laughs> well, remember, Heidi, in our last workshop, we talked about you don't have to be cool to play it cool. Oh, oh, yeah. So a lot of parents make the mistake of trying to be funny when they're not really that funny. Yeah. Or maybe the worst is the dad. I usually think of dads in this situation. The dads who are the total jokesters and the, the smart Alex like we talked about last time. And even if it's harmless and it's not a bad thing, Sometimes it's just not funny all the time and it's the same joke. It's like the old guys, like they wear the same thing they wore when they're in high school because that's what worked. Sometimes those guys were telling the same jokes to the same people. Every waiter we have at the restaurant, hey, did you hear about this? And our kids are like, oh my gosh, dad, this is embarrassing. Okay, so here was my ultimate mom fail this week. You want to hear it? Of course I want to hear it. Okay, so my son... Everyone wants to hear your fails. (laughs) My son, Colton... And my daughter, Quincy, um, both really like a certain musical artist named Drake. Mm. Okay. And I'm Drizzy. not, I'm not, si- oh, see, of course David knows. I didn't even, I don't even know anything about this, this guy. He's a rapper, I think, kind of, rapish. That's Would you consider it a, a rapish? He's, he's a rap, he's a rapper that likes to sing his own choruses and has some like, a little bit of singing town, a little bit. Okay, so Colton super loves Drake. Really and, catchy tunes. It's all pop. And there's a song, and and incidentally, right before Colton came home, he has he dropped a new album, and so Colton was super excited to come home and listen. Anyway, there's one song on the album that's called God's Plan. 
and um you know it's it's a it's a good song and in fact colton was like there's one line in this in the song and colton was like it says, you know, it says, I'm going to I'm going to kill this, but none of you guys are going to know. So it's fine. I know. Um, it <laughs> says something like, I only love my mom and my bed, but I'm sorry or something like that. So basically it goes, is the, girl, is, the girl says, he, he goes, my girl asked me, do you love me? I said, I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Colton is like, thought it was my mom and my bed initially but Moped is his son right and so anyway okay so colton says to me i want you to watch this video this drake video and so i'm making breakfast and he pulls up the video and in the video the first and you guys should watch it because it's great it's on youtube and it's got like creator i think he's in the streets of new orleans it's got like a hyper billion views streets of new orleans yes and um it says the the budget for this video is like $999,000. $999,000. And we spent it all. Don't tell the label. That's what it says like in the very beginning. We gave and, it all away. Yeah. <laughs> so in the video, they go around and give the money to, they give shopping sprees in grocery stores. They give cars to people. They give money to schools. They give money to libraries. Handicapped they, kids. And, yeah. and he walks up to just like a mom in the park and hands her his big old wad of cash. And so I start crying <laughs> like it it really touched me <laughs> and and i'm trying to pretend like i don't cry i'm not crying because yeah. colton is not into his mom crying like and so we get like probably you know 75 percent through the video and he looks over at me and i'm trying really hard to play cool failing miserably and i'm trying to control like the sniffling so that he doesn't know that i'm crying and he's like says to me if i was on twitter i would totally tweet that my mom just cried through the drake video right now he just thought it was so lame that i was crying um but that that was that's my my mom level right now well you know it sounds like you're you're getting up with the times (laughs) your your son just got back so you know that song came out earlier in the summer so it's still new-ish and he's he's kind of you know he likes that type of music and when you're talking i was thinking Sometimes certain vehicles don't take us to certain destinations. Sometimes we get, need to get in a different car to get to a different place. And music can be that. You know, we've talked about one of our episodes before about, you know, letting your kids, you know, influence you and allowing them to teach you some things. And, you know, we're going to be doing a DM on that um, really soon. And I think you just had a great experience. Like, yeah, would you have normally listened to that song or that music? No. Would you have normally looked at YouTube to look at that music video? No, but feeling is feeling. And you can relate as you see all those people, even though you don't know exactly what their story was, you could tell by their reaction to his donation to them. Not only were they surprised, but it's like something broke through. It's like someone was doing them a solid. Someone was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, you've had a rough life. You've had all these things going on. But let me give you a little bit of a boost. Well, and here, let me tell you where I really was as a mom. Like, my kid has been home from this mission, serving God 100% of the time. And don't worry, he was downloading the Drake album on the way home from the airport, basically. You know, and I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, this kid is corruption on a stick. Like, how long is it going to take for him to fall from grace, (laughs) you know, 
and and I'm just thinking to myself, really, rap music, and um. Well, not too long ago, you got to understand, not too long ago in the early '90s, when gangster rap blew up, Eminem came out in the '90s. The government, I mean, so many people were against the freedom of speech in this way in this type of music. And if you just listened or looked at the lyrics on paper, it would make sense. It was very controversial. There's a lot of things, but um, the reason why people, a lot of pe- a lot of people, young people specifically, relate and connect with that music is because there's some sort of feeling that's similar that they have felt before in their life. Mm. Not every young person has been a celebrity rap artist. Not everyone's been a gangbanger. But when you hear a you know a gangster talk about struggles that they're going through, even though you may not be in a hood or something like that. Struggle, struggle, right. and happiness is happiness. And every album from well, most albums from any artist could be country, it could be pop, it could be rap. They're gonna have a party anthem song. They're gonna have "I Got My Heart Broken" song, and they're gonna have like "Hey, I'm Trying to Figure Out My Life" type of song. Like, there's just a wide variety of emotions that are illustrated in music. And I'm glad that you're having this experience that you can be fearful of an influence over your child. But you can also be confident that your child has more influence over themselves, and these are just different vehicles they get in to see where it takes them. Well, fundamentally, Drake puts his mom first, you know, as evidence from, from the lyric, and so. Well, we're talking I, about in this song because, yeah. by the way, I'm not glorifying Drake because Drake has some songs that, if you knew what those innuendos were talking about, horribly sexually, yeah, some pretty bad stuff. Okay. So I take it as a screenshot of like, this song felt a good spirit. It was good. That's a good song, right? right? You know, it's like you liked it. I guarantee you wouldn't like all of Drake's music. Well, Trust me. I haven't like downloaded it or anything. But, um, but I thought what a cool thing he did in that video, even if it was just for the video. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was awesome. And, and... And it moved me, for sure. Well, he's very influential. He's kind of like a a millennial version. And gosh, a lot of people crucify me, this hip-hop artist people. But he's a little bit of a millennial version of Tupac in the sense that he's more about fashion. He's an influencer, and he's he's out in front. Like, as far as the rap world goes, he's just the number one guy, if you look at straight production of how many record souls, downloads, like popularity, right? Well, Tupac in his time, he was extraordinarily influential. He was the guy that was on top of the game. He just wasn't so much into as much of the fashion and those types of things as we live in a different world now. But to this day, I mean, there are songs that I knew the words of Tupac songs that I was like, dang, I may be going to hell for knowing all the words of this song. But then there was another, like other songs in the same album, a song called Dear Mama, talking about like he wanted to do good so that he's like, one of my favorite lyrics in that song, he said, um, he goes, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. He goes, um, uh, dear mama, is a, um, I like paying rent when the rent's due. Did you get the diamond necklace that I sent you? And it's just something about his mom, something about that connection, something about real life experiences that he's talking about you can relate to. But then there's other things like, okay, he must have been drunk or high or something while he's reading right. that song because that's definitely a very, uh, you know, very explicit type song. But I don't look at an artist that way. Um, in the sense that if he writes a good song, he's a good person. If he writes a bad song, he's a bad person. I just look at it just like the people that counsel. They're only representing the emotions that they're feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. And just like in life, emotions will change. 
Yeah. Well, it's like you're changing your opinion. It's like, all right, well, I'm not, maybe I don't have to be as worried about my son. Maybe he likes Drake, but maybe he's not, you know, listening to all the those types of songs that he be listens fearful to of. Drake. And he comes to church on Sunday. There you <laughs> <Okay>. go. There <laughs> you go. Oh, anyway, it's it's been fun. It's been fun to have him home. It's been fun to watch his reentry a little bit. And um, I've just been trying not to freak out. And, you know, some days I, I do better than others probably. <laughs> well, not many moms get to have the experience where you get to launch your kid and you get to land them. <laughs> right. It's a... And and I wonder to myself, like, wow, what would, like, what if he'd been here for the last two years? What it would it be? It'd be different. It's it's interesting to to kind of have that space of time where they go off and they learn and they grow and then they come back and you're like, okay. Well, I haven't had a I haven't taken your son to sushi yet, but that'll be coming up really soon here because I took him to sushi before he left on his mission and taking sushi uh, now that he's back, but. Um, something that I will talk to him about is something that you just kind of brought up right now. And that is every relationship has an expiration date and it doesn't mean the relationship is over when it expires. It means that version of the relationship has served its purpose and now it has to be re-upped. It has to be changed. So in an example of he left on a mission and so his high school mom, son relationship that had expired. And a lot of kids, whether they go on a mission or go to college or a lot of kids that I work with, they will get stuck living the same relationship with their parent, even though the relationship is obviously expired. And so contention is breeded by, hey, listen, we're going to have a mom-child relationship, even though you're an adult, and I have habits of trying to parent you. You want the freedom of adult to move out, but yet we're still living under the same roof with each other. And so it doesn't mean that that can't work. It just means that even if you're living with your kids still, you have to evolve the expectations of relationship because every relationship expires. For example, when you got married, the day you got married, every time you had a kid, every time you went through a challenging life struggle, got a new job, whatever, the relationship has to expire and be reborn again. You have to re-up on the relationship. Because if you keep on drinking that milk when it's sour, you're going to get sick. Well, so talk about that just a little bit more. Talk about... Does, do you have to acknowledge that openly that, okay, this is what it used to be like and this is what it's like now? Like, how, how do you, I mean, you know, I've got this friend, like, <laughs> how, how do you bridge that gap? Because I just had the situation where I have a, I have a 21 year old that hasn't been living with me for a, for a long time. And You're a 21 year old, 18 year old. Right, right. I was a 23-year-old, 18-year-old when I moved back after my football college experience. And no he, job experience. I came home. Okay, now what do I do? He's staying out late. I know he's not doing anything bad. In fact, he's like, well, you don't trust me. And and I. That, and even if he was doing things bad, technically at this age, he shouldn't be living at home for you to know if he's doing things bad or not. Right. So you wouldn't worry, out of sight, so, out of mind. So how do I... Because... How, how do I redefine it? Because, or, I mean, I really like what you just said. I had never thought about that. If if there is an ex expiration, maybe I can sort of give up that role. I can say, okay, I'm, I'm done being this, having this role in your life. I'm, I still have this for Quincy. <laughs> you know, I'm still this mom for this child. How do you... 
how do you re-up it? Do you define the terms? Like, uh, this is... Well, since our we podcast... All go back to, we all go back to this, Heidi, really just... Since our podcast is called Light the Fight, we're obviously not going to avoid the conversation. <laughs> um, there you go. Good, no, good. no, really good question, Heidi. Anytime, and most people know this in any aspect of life, anytime something is transparent, it's clear to see, it's easier to kind of talk about. It's when... It's when there's a lot of different layers and emotions and confusions and you want to say something to your son like, hey, you know, like now that you're back, like what should this look like with you being here? Well, you've never had a 21 year old come back to your house and live with you again. So you're asking if you were to say that and say, hey, what do you think it should be like now? Even though that sounds fine. Well, your child doesn't know what it should be like. He's never been in this situation. You've never been in this situation. So. My suggestion would be to simply state what we just talked about. I, I actually, the reason why I use this expiration date, for some reason, I just throw things out there. And then if something sticks with people and I get that look from them, for some reason it resonates, then I use it for someone else. And if it keeps on going, then I'm like, okay, for some reason, this way of saying it just happens to connect with a lot of people. Well, immediately I envisioned, you know, like moldy bread. <laughs> Well, I, I, when I first started talking about it, I envision milk because everyone knows when you go buy a, a gallon of milk, you look at it, okay, make sure the, the expiration date isn't tomorrow because you may not be able to drink it in, in a day. But let's say you got a couple weeks. Okay, good. You got a couple weeks. At the end of that gallon of milk, if you're not finished with it a couple weeks and starts to turn and go sour, you don't dump it down the sink and go, well, that was great having milk and you know I'm, I'm going to miss having milk in my life and I think... Uh, it was good while it lasted. And then be angry that you can't have milk anymore. You just go buy another thing of milk. Right. Okay. Just because it expired doesn't mean you don't still need it. And so stating to, in your case, you know, I don't have to make up a name or change the story at all. <laughs> Heidi Swap, <laughs> Harriman, Utah. <laughs> son. Of, <laughs> so in your case, going up to him, say, listen, Colton, I got this idea. And I realized that when you left, right when you left and I saw you away on your mission, my mother-son relationship with you changed at that moment and can never go back to that again. That's like when you have a class. So many teenagers tell me this, I had this great teacher last year and now this year I have crappy teachers. And so they go back and visit the old teacher that they loved and like, I wish I could have you again. And they reminisce about how much easier it was and have done right. The old teacher will say, you know, well, you know, we didn't always get along. You know, it wasn't always perfect. Remember that time when you hated me in the beginning? And, and remind them that every relationship has a time and place in your life. And every relationship will expire. And you have to just choose whether is this a relationship. Like, let's say it's a dating relationship. After a couple months of dating, you got to reevaluate. Are we still good for each other? Because it was all cool in the beginning. But maybe right now we're going in different directions. When you can be honest and transparent and bring that conversation, in this case with your son, and say, listen, when you left, that relationship between us expired. When you're gone, we had the relationship of you being gone and me being here. Now that you're back, we have a new relationship. So we got to re-up this relationship, use the gallon of milk, whatever analogy. So I'm not sure exactly how this is going to look, but here's one thing I do know. When you've been gone for two years, you can't come home and be comfortable being home your end goal is not to live with me for the rest of your life. Your end goal is to be independent on your own. A little timeout pause now from what you should say to him. Every time I mention our young people need purposeful struggle, this is usually what I'm thinking of. 
That means they need to have the struggle of, I don't know if I can make it on my own. If a parent comes to me and says, hey, financially, it makes a lot of sense for my kid to live at home, go to college because they can save money and do these all the other type of things. Nine times out of 10, I'm saying, oh, saving money is your number one goal. Try having your adult teenager live with you in your house and see how that goes. You will pay for them to have their own life experience. And you could even have a good relationship with your kid. Some parents, they do have a good relationship with their kid. And because they have a good relationship with their kid, they still try to persuade their kid to live the way they want them to live. And that's not a bad thing unless the kid's still living with you. If they're outside of the house and they're struggling and having a hard time figuring out, then when they come home for a hot meal because they've just been eating off the dollar menu and they start to feel sick and gross after a while, now they appreciate that hot meal. Now they can have a conversation with you. But trying to get an an adult or an older teenager that's out of high school to sit down and have a comfy meal and talk about their life when you see each other every day and you're picking up their socks and you're getting after them, that's not likely going to go well. So that's why I said the relationship has to expire. For our young people, there are more young people staying at home right now working to try to save money so that they can have sometimes a lavish lifestyle. A nice car. A nice, a nice car, car because if they live on their debt. own, they say, I can't live on my own. No, they would have to make different choices if they were going to live on their own. And right. they just don't want to make those choices because that would be uncomfortable. The sacrifice of not being uncomfortable and not moving out of your parents' house is A, a damaged relationship, B, a lot of entitlement, C, a lot of enabling, and a false sense of reality. It's just, it's just not the next level of the game. That would be like, hey, I'm going to keep on retaking my senior year because I'm not ready for my freshman year of college. Right. You just can't do that. Some relationships, well, most relationships have an expiration date on it. You just have to see what the next version of that relationship is going to look like and start from there. Hence, you should bring it up to your son, use this example, sit down with him, say, here's what I'm thinking. A lot of parents are scared that if they plan a date for their kid to move out, that their kid's going to get the missing, going to get the message that they don't want him there. Well, that would only be the case if you just said, hey, we just thought it'd be good if you moved out on this date. That's not the right conversation. Instead saying, hey, is your goal to live here for this your life? No, my goal is here to do this. Okay, well, if you want to use us to take care of financial responsibility, we want to help you out. What is that going to look like time-wise? Because if we just say you're going to stay with us to save you money, what, what so stay with me for how long? There's no end game there. And that way, a lot of unrealistic expectations can come up. Parents can think, okay, well, I thought it was six months. The kid said, well, I thought it was five years right. or vice versa. And then the kid's like, I don't want you to be worried about where I'm at at night. I hear this a lot. Moms will say, listen, I can't go to bed until you come home. And I tell moms, well, that's your problem. And they don't <laughs> like it when I hear that, when I say that. But I softly say, it literally is your problem. If you want your kid to come home at a certain hour so that you can get to bed because you got to get up early, that that's not going to work. Because what if they do mean to come home and something happens and now you're constantly worried saying you need to come home in time so I can be okay? That doesn't sound like an adult relationship. But if your kid is living on their own, you can be worried about them and you can go to bed because you're used to them not being there at night. It's a false sense of security. You know, as, as you're talking about this, I, I can see how like my situation is very like kind of cut and dry. Like obviously that relationship is expired and he hasn't been here for two years and now we have to kind of figure out the new parameters. 
But as you're talking, I was thinking just even about like what's going on with my 11-year-old. And I kind of recently had to say to him, okay, you know, we've been doing this special tutoring and, and we kind of the special rules and, and I haven't held you accountable for this and this. And you know what? I think you're ready to move into this, into this new set of expectations and, and rules. And, you know, I haven't ever thought about, I mean, this is the first time I've heard this expiration date concept, but I really like it as I think about each one of my children individually, I can see that there's parts of their lives that our relationship needs to change. And the level of expectation that I have of them has, has to evolve. It has to step up. And rather than just letting myself like automatically change my expectations in my own head and start feeling like, well, you know, I've decided you're old enough to, to whatever it may be. Because I think as moms, as a mom, I've done that before. Like, okay, I just bought you a phone and now you should never have a dirty room, a messy room again, you you know, or, or whatever. Um, I guess if, if I approach the situation with this whole, like, okay, so this type of relationship that we've had is, is now ended. And it was great until, until we both grew out of it or until you hit this phase or, or whatever and realign the playing fields or something. Well, the purposeful struggle that I, I – there's probably not a day that goes by where I don't mention that statement, purposeful struggle. It's a part of our whole entire system in our society, but when it comes to parenting with our teenagers, we totally forget that it has to be established. So here's what I mean. It can't Pur- be assumed? No. Is that what you mean by no, no, establishing it? I'm going to give you examples of purposeful okay. struggle. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, all the way to 12th grade. When you're 16 years old, your relationship with you not being able to drive expires. Your relationship with you being able to drive expires. I mean, is now, it's, it's re-upped. It's, it's a new relationship. When you are a senior in high school, there are lots of kids that are senior in high school do not have the credits to graduate. And guess what? High school's over. They have a year after that to continue it and finish those classes and get a diploma. But if you don't have the credits at the day you're supposed to graduate and walk... You may graduate, you just have not walked because your time to do it expired. Your son had a two-year mission, not a, hey, why don't you go to Japan and whenever you feel like you're ready, just come on back. So expiration dates are mandatory and necessary to push the envelope. It is a purposeful struggle. He knew at the end of those two years, like, have I done everything I needed to do? If you have a clock that's ticking, you've got to go for it. When someone is living in your house, and they're now an adult, so this is not just for you now, for anyone out there listening, even if it's a child that is married with kids and fell in hard times, it's so hard for parents because you want to help and support, but when you're living with people and that living with that person, expiration date has expired years ago, it can be pretty painful. 
it can be hard to deal with. Even when you love your kids, you have good relationships with them. Yeah. So establishing beforehand, just like with schools establish an expiration date, just like jobs establish an expiration date, like, okay, by the end of, by 30th of this month, the month is up. So we have to have all sales by the end of this month. That's an expiration date of the month's expectations. Now, if you didn't meet those goals, you may not have a job next month. You may get disciplined, whatever it may be. Or if you did meet those goals, now you have a huge jump on the next month. So having really specific, clear-cut timelines and realistic expectations is a conversation that isn't taught in parenting classes usually. It's not something that we have to traditionally, we don't traditionally search out reading books, but in today's world with millennials and iGens that they can just say, wow, I want a lot of nice things and I can't provide those things for myself, but I can provide those things for myself if I'm living at home. I'll just deal with the discomfort of living at home so I can get the comfort of certain um, amenities or certain extra things in life. So I tell people, map it out. Say, all right, well, if your goal is not to live here for the rest of you know your life, what date do you think would be a realistic goal? And if they say, well, I don't know. So, okay, well, let's come up with a goal because that we have something to work towards. Otherwise, you could live with us for a year and not save one penny. Well... True, true story. Well, that's why, why I would do. That's more of the common. There are some kids out there that like they are so motivated. Like I've got to get out of my house or I need to be free. And they work really hard and save their money. But most of the time kids say that same thing. I got to get out of my house. I got to do this. And then another flashy, shiny thing comes along. Then they buy that. Then they buy that. And their parents like they're never moving out. And they're like, well, I was going to. Then the kid or adult in this case starts making excuses about why they're not where they're supposed to be doing not where they're supposed to be at in their life instead if they would just said hey january 1 i'm moving out and you're going to give me freedom from now till january 1 so i can actually be encouraged and supported to move out instead of us getting into fights all the time where i'm running away when kids run away from their homes out of not like just running away but like out of anger and frustration find them leaving nine times out of ten in my experience they'll be back in less than a month because leaving doesn't mean you're ready to leave. It just means you're angry and frustrated and the expiration date of that, that relationship is just too painful to stay there anymore. But if you start it before it even, like if you have a conversation and then every month saying, hey, I do a staggering effect. So let's say if parents establish that their, their adult child is going to move out in three months. Oh, right now, let's say January 1st. Say, so, okay, well then November 1st, they have to pay for their cell phone. December 1st, they have to pay for their cell phone and their car insurance. January 1st, they have to pay for their cell phone, their car insurance, and for their rent. You can help them out by saying, hey, we're going to match your down payment or your first month's rent. Like if you save up this month's money, 500, then we'll give you 500. Some families are capable of doing that. Some families aren't. But if it's a negotiated thing, then what they feel is like, wow, my parents are helping me leave versus my parents are telling me I'm bad at staying. What I what I think is interesting, and, and I my producer, the producer just kind of slipped me a note that kind of help me piece part of this together. He reminds you of another fail you had or? No, okay. no, no. What the note says, if you demand a higher expectation, but you don't change the relationship, then they might change their expectations of the relationship and how they should be treated. So that came from Brandon and he, sh- he shares a personal experience, but, but I just had a light bulb moment. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of it. (laughs) I think that I've always thought, how do I elevate 
my expectation of my child without them feeling like I'm abandoning them or being too hard on them or um, setting them up for failure. And I just realized that it's by changing the relationship. It's by putting the expiration date on, I'm going to pour your milk for you to, and, and if it has to be stepped up, I, I, and, I, and I like that if you can establish that with their kids so they can see what you're doing, you're not trying to send them out to fail. You're not sending them out into the darkness. It's not happening out of get the hell out of my house or whatever happens when you're mad. It's this um, elevated expectation is an elevated relationship. So why is this taking me so long to figure out? <laughs> well, in in our um, in our workshop, and this is something I won't get in too much detail. Of this because I got to save some of the good stuff, so you guys have to come to one of the workshops. Um, but our workshop, as I mentioned earlier in today's podcast, we talk a lot about the family business. Well, let's look at an actual business. Let's say Heidi, you're the owner of this business, and um, you have uh, an, a 21 year old, a 20 year old man, right? And this 20-year-old man has, has worked for the business for a number of years, and you're ready to promote them. If this 20-year-old man's responsibilities in the company up until this point, before the promotion, was simply to stock the warehouse, log things in, do some grunt labor, check in and check out, if that was that relationship. But now you say, I want you to be an assistant manager inside the company, working with people, doing a totally different thing. First thing you're going to do is give them the job description. Then you're going to give them a new title. Then you're going to establish a totally different relationship with them by saying, now I'm your direct supervisor. Now I'm the one you're going to be working with and you're going to give them more pay. All those things are validating factors that the relationship they once had in the back of the warehouse is dead. It's gone. There's a new relationship in town. Makes sense. I'm, now, on, I'm having on, a lot of clarity. On, on the reverse <laughs> of that, I don't know if you guys out there have had this experience, but I've had plenty of the experience. And I joke about these experiences because I saw it happen. I've seen it happen to so many people. They get super excited. They really work hard. And, and the company says, you know what? We're going to give you a new title, a new name, a new business card. And we're actually letting go of two other people and you're going to take those two people's jobs on top of your own thing. But we're going to pay you the same because, you know, our companies, we're not really not making a lot of money right now, but we're going to give you all this extra responsibility, but you're still going to be a peon like you were before, just with a better title. Right. Now the resentment grows. Wait a second. Now I'm doing three people's jobs. No improvement in success. No improvement in, in my actual income. I just have a little feather in my cap that says, we're going to give you more responsibility, but yet you don't have really any power in that relationship. It's the same relationship with just, you just rebranded it now. It just sounds different. Those are things that are very suspect. People in jobs after a while, they're like, wow, that would have been great if I took on two people's jobs and their pay. Right. And so think about that in a family. How many times are we expecting our kids, okay, you're 16 now, so that means you got to do this and do that, blah, blah, blah. But we're not asking them to be a partner. We're just asking them to be a better employee. 
Nobody's going to work as hard at the business as the owner of it. So you got to give them a reason to feel like they have ownership in the business. So that means you got to change the relationship. So if you tell your, your young man or anyone out there listening to this that may or may not have a, a, a older young person still living at home, if you tell them, hey, listen, here's what I need from you. Now that you're back, you're an adult, I want to give you your freedom and your space and all those things you want. However, I need something from you. I need you to give me a plan on when you're going to move out, what bills you think you'll be able to do on your own in the first 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days, and then we can discuss it. If they don't come up with that plan, they say, listen, we're going to have this conversation or not because you don't want me to go back to being an old clingy mom that's texting you all night. I need you to, I need you to give me your location on your phone so I know where you're at because that destroys the relationship. So if you can establish that up front and saying, I'm going to reward you and me both with a new relationship, new relationship means more freedom and it's going to come with some expectations so that you're going to get my respect. I'm going to earn your respect, but we're going to work for it. It's not like, okay, you live in my house, so you have to do everything I say, or I pay for the rent and you don't have to pay for it. So you can just make a mess whenever you want. No, this is just a stepping stone to get you off to your next step of life. So let's be partners on this. Or I can go back being really controlling and make your life hell. And you can be really mean to me and we can go back to those high school fights, even though you're not in high school anymore. Never had a young person turn down that offer and say, no, that's ridiculous. I I think it's great our relationship. Uh, you yell at me for being on video games too long and you want to know where I'm at on the location of my phone. Nobody says that. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. That makes sense. If they feel like they're a part of this pathway and you're not telling them what to do, then guess what? They're feeling like a partner and they're evolving into an adult relationship with you. Hence, you re-upped on the relationship. You don't have to keep on drinking the old spoiled milk. You know, I also think that this concept of expiration dates and talking about it i think that it can work well with spouses i think it can work well with family members you, you know and I, I think that any time that you take that chance to say ah, god this right what we've been doing this worked last year but i just don't feel like i just don't feel like it it's working this year so let's take a minute and reevaluate i mean what a what a great way to <laughs> you, you don't just never get milk again i like that well, we like did that. um at my house we did this uh with my daughter um when she was turning eight for some reason in her mind eight was like hey i gotta do these things she came to us saying i'm gonna be eight now i'm gonna be going to the third grade okay i really need to do this mom dad like i need to be more independent in these areas We're like okay great and i said we can support you with this but it's up to you so one of the things is she has a habit of coming downstairs and sleep in our room I have a little bit different psychological approach. Um, I think maybe I've just read better, more recent books. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of bad information about letting your kids sleep with you and stuff like that. It's it's. So, anyways, I took my approach to the information that I thought would work. I said, "Honey, you can sleep with us every single night as long as often as you want." I gave her permission, but that wasn't her goal. Her goal was like, "I sleep down here with us because I'm lazy and I'm tired." And our, by the way, our master bedroom's on the main floor. So it's, it's actually when she's tired, she'd have to go quite a ways to get there. Right. And so she, we go, okay, it's your goal. I said, how can we help you? She goes, I don't know. Well, I just figured you'd do something I go. So I made her come up with some ideas. We support her. Sometimes she fell asleep. Sometimes we didn't, you know, take her upstairs. She's not in our bed, but there's like our room's big. There's a little corner part where she just roll out like a sleeping bag and yeah. crash her on some blankets. Yeah. And now as she became eight years old, 
she's been less and less in having to crash out with us because she started to realize now that I'm eight, that old thing when I was doing as a kid expired. We could have at five, six years old, you have to stay upstairs. Don't be scared. Don't do that and do it and push her into it. But there's this natural evolution of all relationships, the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your parents, the relationship with your friends. And so we're so proud of her because it wasn't just in this one simple thing. She had goals in school that she said, I want to do this. So we go, okay, how would that look if you're not a first grader and not a second grader anymore? So we were like helping her shoot for those stars. She's accomplished all of them. And the school year's not even half over yet. We're like, oh my gosh, we have to come up with, she's already advancing like at a very high at a high clip because she was thinking, I need to change who I was last year into a new version of myself. She knows mom and dad might have some information, but we can't spearhead that operation. We can only be there helping her come up with ideas and bouncing some things off with the, off her and supporting her. And I'm using this example because this is with an eight-year-old girl. So every year it's like, all right, this next year, instead of saying, we think you should do this, it's like, gosh, play dumb and go, Gosh, what do you think you should be as a fourth grader, as a sixth grader, as a seventh grader? Because they have these ideal things like, yeah, eighth graders, you know, they're the, or ninth graders is the head of the middle school. So I want to be not mean like some of the older classmates were, okay, write those things down. Okay. Do you want to work on that today or later? And just kind of have a conversation about it throughout the week, throughout the months. It's so cool when they know that there's an expiration date that they have the rest of the school year to accomplish that. Because when the school year is over, if you don't have things done that you wanted to get done, it sucks, it's hard, it's frustrating, and it can be motivating to work on it more in the next phase of your relationship. Well, and I could see you using natural breaks like school years or terms yeah. or, you know, whatever. Those are expiration to, dates yeah. that are, those are, hey, our school expires on June 1st. That's what they're saying. It's like, yeah. uh, okay, fall quarter expires on November 2nd. I don't know. It's like there's an expiration date for everything. Our loose open goals to try to be soft and loving and understanding. I should be the last person saying this because I'm like the sensitive feeling guy. That's really good, but we can do that and have expiration dates and expectations. It's just, we have to present it in a way that's, Hey, we're helping you versus we're threatening you that if you don't get this figured out by then that you're an embarrassment to our family. Right. Right. Wow. This is good. I appreciate you sharing that with me. I Heidi's looking up in the co- ceiling. <laughs> God, huh, wait, huh. We, if we edit our podcast, it'd sound a lot more like succinct. You know, right now she's like having a moment thinking about it. I, got, I kind of am. I, we weren't really planning on talking about my problems. I mean, we always talk about my problems, right? But well, we weren't even planning on talking about the this subject. This is a but, lot more of yeah. a st- <laughs> legitimately where I'm at right now. So I got this friend. She's got a son named <laughs> Fulton. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and now I'm trying to think about how I can get my convince my girls that there's an expiration that, that there's an expiration on the way they're messy rooms. Like, well, and, and you have an interesting <laughs> situation because you got a great young man for a son, so th- he's not going to do anything to get him kicked out. There's not that thing going on at all. You want him to have fun. He's back from his mission. He's, I mean, from 18 to 20 years old, you can't live much more of a serious life than that unless you're a Buddhist monk or in the military, right? <laughs> it's it's the same it's thing. It's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. You don't wake up when you feel like it. Let's put it that way. And so you want him to enjoy life, but then there's that thing in the back of your head like, well, there's a lot of people that come home and just don't do anything. They just drifted. He wouldn't be the first person if he just came home and just, eh, I don't want to do anything. That's happened before. 
But if you look at it, it's like, hey, it's just a time for a new relationship. Give him, you know, an opportunity to see what he wants to do. Set some expiration dates, so to speak. You might be really surprised how he's like, this is exactly what he needs. So that purposeful struggle, this is my number one suggestion for people. Set up a date that's definite and ending so it actually creates a real struggle. Well, I'm telling you that I kind of thought that he would come home and kind of lay out his plan for, you know, what it, for the next few years to me. And I was kind of looking forward to hearing what his plan was. And you know what? He came home and he wanted to know what I thought. And he doesn't want me to tell him what to do. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know what you should, you know, like, it's just been, it's just been really an interesting, you know, he's, he is my oldest. It's kind of my first rodeo in this, in this way. And I just, it has been this realization that you do have influence as a parent and you want to be careful with it. And I, I, you have that, I have that thing where, man, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, I'd give it to this kid and say, go put this in the bank and save for a down payment and get a great diamond that you can give some great, you know, like you want. All the smart, sensible things. Yeah. You just want, I, I mean, I would love to set him up for success. And the reality is the greatest thing that I could do to set him up for success is what we're talking about right now, right this minute. That is the best thing that I can do is to help him establish his goals, facilitate some expiration dates and, and get him moving because you know what? Our kids don't, don't know. They, they need guidance. They want guidance. Um, but they want it to come from somebody that they have a solid relationship with that they trust and that that does have influence in their life, you know, and I want to be that mom that has the influence and that, um, that. And, and I, I don't know, cause we haven't said this. I'm just guessing this in your situation make totally like a lot of sense why you'd feel this way, like low key on the down low. But a lot of parents feel this way, even when they're angry and upset with the behavior of the kid they secretly want their kid to stay close to them because if they're close to them, there's oh, this false this, sense of security. I no can secret. keep them. I can keep them safe. Nothing bad's going to happen to them. And then it's like, but they're driving me crazy because I'm too worried about them all the time. It's too close. Right? Oh. It's, it's not where it's like, I want to keep them in arm's distance. It's like, I'm a little scared of the world. They're pretty young. They tend to do stupid stuff. Sometimes I know they're good. I know I love them, but well, We've said this before. It's because you know what we're doing? We're actually reliving all of our worst mistakes. <laughs> we're or we're about to we're about to re relive that. And there's a lot of things that unfortunately the vehicle of the comfort of your parents' home, that vehicle is like an old station wagon. It's not gonna get you too many places very fast. Yeah. It's not gonna propel you into the future. Um, kids like the, you know, the stability and the reassurance of old faithful as a vehicle, just the old faithful family. Yeah. You've been there. You've always been there. They like that. But like any stable thing in your life, you know, it's, it's there and then it can go. And I'm not saying bad things that happen to family, but that stability was there to help you launch into life, not to help you sit and wait for life. 
Well, I think that all of us can really take a lot of things away from this, not just me. This wasn't just, you know, a Heidi Swap therapy session. It's for all of us. It's <laughs> air quotes, right? Um, so, as always, you guys, I think we'll I think we'll end it here while I'm still on this high of wrapping my head around all these things that I should have known for the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> but as always, David, thank you for that. Thank you for Wait, that and wisdom. This is a new thing. You don't need this till right now. You didn't need this 20 years ago. This is just something fresh right now. And it's just something cool that you can do. Uh, and this is why I'm glad we talked about this today. I like it when we have conversations of proactive things we can do versus just being damage control. I've made a living off of damage control and I'd rather not do that all day, every day. Because if we can get it in front of things and we can set up plans for success, then we can have a real successful family business. But if our family business is, we are, uh, what's the, the disaster cleanup crew? Like our family just comes in and, and puts out fires. Unfortunately, we also are the ones who start the fires. <laughs> so right. instead of having that, like we're good at like just dealing with drama, what about planning for success? What about yeah. instead of just surviving, work on success? And so, you know, I like talking about fun things like this that can just be another, you know, tool to help you have more success in your home and with your, with your close relationships with your kids. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think this is good advice. So having said that, you guys, thank you as always for joining us at Light the Fight, Light Heidi's Fight, <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can always reach out to us. Uh, we love hearing your thoughts, your wins, and your questions. Um, so if you want to send us a DM, uh, you can do that on Instagram. You can do it through our website, lightthefight.com on Facebook. And like I said, we love hearing from you. We love to really put David to the test, see if he can answer our questions. Um, and again, we appreciate hearing, um, we appreciate you spreading the good news of Light of the Fight podcast with your friends and other people who may need this information as well. And a big shout out to 1-800-CONTACTS for helping us out as always and helping us deliver these uh, free messages to you guys. That's right. That's right. With love. And hey, they invited us to come to their Halloween party. Did you hear that? Did they really? Yeah. They're having a party. We're going to wow, go. I'm impressed. Go do, some do, do I get to sit at the big kids' table or I got to sit at the little kids' table? No. I mean... Yeah, you're always going to be at the little kids' tables, okay. for sure. Well, as long as I wear Vans, they'll keep on putting me at the little kids' <laughs> Well, table. you do have to dress up, so you might want to start thinking about your costume. I got a, a pair of Vans that match a tux. Oh, that kind of dress <laughs> no. up? Like Halloween dress up? <laughs> oh. Yeah, like a costume. Okay. Something something good. Oh, yeah, Frankenstein. That's what you're working on. I Yeah. You're I halfway can't there. move my neck. I'm good. <laughs> you're halfway Just paint there. me green. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, As always, like I said, thanks for listening. And thanks for helping us to light the fight. We're out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.